you were telling me that CBC, they just contacted you. They just called you directly about the Slumtown podcast? Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah, I was contacted. Yeah. Somebody said, we're doing a program or a podcast. I can't remember how it was worded. Mm-hmm. And we're interested if you, we're wondering if you'd be interested in being interviewed or like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they approached me. So, so they just went ahead and approached you. They didn't just canvas the neighborhood and find somebody, but they... They had been talking to other people prior oh, to me. Great. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how many. But numerous people. Yeah. Yeah. To kind of get information for... Okay. And so what were they focused on when they came to talk to you? Was it about the problem properties near you? Was that the focus? Uh, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I've got... Uh, I've been vocal and active in issues surrounding, you know, through the community league and at meetings, little mm-hmm. community uh, town halls or whatever you'd want to call them. Right. So, uh, because I'm adjacent to an, a problem property, mm-hmm. a number of them, uh, so I've been active that way. So because of that, there's I don't know a, a reputation of some sort, you know. People know, and it's a small community. Right. So then they're like, just talk to this guy kind of thing. Yeah. And he'll give you some more information. So yeah. you're, you said you're adjacent to several problem properties? like. Two- well, there's one uh, nearby, and then you cross the avenue going in one direction, and there's another one, uh, like a problem property. Mm-hmm. And then you go uh, in the opposite direction, back, uh, a little ways further, uh, a block and a bit, and there's another one. So, I mean, like on just one street within a couple of blocks, there's three properties that have serious, have currently or previously had some pretty serious things happening. Yeah. So with three properties, you know, it's a little different. Like if there's one problem property on the block, everybody goes, okay, well, it's that property. They can always point problems back to that particular property. But then you've got three that, that are near you. So that would really affect your quality of life. Yeah, uh, for or sure. Or you could say... There's, this morning, um, I don't know, five-ish. Let's see when I sent a message. I was awoken by uh, nearby, f- emanating from one of these very places, uh, loud screaming. A, this a guy, Yeah, this morning. A guy and a girl, a man and a woman. Uh, let's see if I can find something here. Uh, looking for a time here. So... Six, oh, that's late. I was already up for a while. This is at 6.41, so it happened quite a bit earlier than that. Yeah. That's when I sent a message. Um, anyway, yeah. I, I wasn't planning on getting up before 7. Anyway, that was I, I sent a message at 6.41. I had been up for a little while. Uh, screaming, yeah, it was 5.30, I think it was. Really? Loud, loud, loud screaming. screaming. Ongoing. Yeah. Ongoing from 5.30 in the morning. Is that is that common? Does that happen a lot? From one of those, those three Everything's properties? relative. Yeah, it happens a lot. Yeah. It's not a regular thing that you could set a watch by or mark it on a calendar and see a pattern necessarily of every Tuesday at 4 in the morning or something like that. But it's uh, it's regular. It's ongoing, you know. So would you say there was a, there's at least an instant every few days? 
like three or four days is it kind of like that or do you find it's like oh no it can go longer than this is what i'm witnessing right mm -hmm. i'm not at my house all the time That's so there's really stuff going on that i'm unawares of right um oblivious to if i'm not at home uh seeing or hearing, you know, right. a neighbor's uh, uh, something going on up the street. Right. Because uh, you're not there. That's uh, a good point. So you're so really. So it's I'm just witnessing what you're quite a bit, and it's at least once a week. I would say something. And to, you know, once a week that something like that is happening. And that that something could just be finding needles in my yard. Right. Yeah. I right. It's not that. necessarily a screaming person or a pile yeah. of shit or something. Well, uh, needles, discarded needles, is like a pile of shit. It's not good. Yeah, the needles thing, it's interesting because some people get really um, uncomfortable talking about the needle problem um, because they feel like it's simply an attack on people who use drugs or simply an attack on the um, injection sites. But the reality is it's not pleasant finding needles in your own on your own property because I've, I found one this spring when I was cleaning up my garden. But it, it is really disconcerting when you find one because although we all know that there's certain safety measurements that you can you should take, it's still things can happen, right? Um, so are any of the properties in particular connected in any way to Pervez? Do you know? Directly or indirectly, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's present or his associates who are, you know, involved, intimately involved in numerous ways from what I've seen previously mm -hmm. for sure he's around he drives by he he uh, visits locations and is you know visible that's interesting that he's always keeping himself visible around those properties that's really interesting especially when the some uh, the CBC slum town podcast the lawyers and the documents said that you know he wasn't actually the owner but he's still connected He's still going to these properties, and he's talked to you before, right? Yeah, yeah. He's he's approached me on a couple of occasions and and talked to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what was like? What was the tone of the conversation? What was he trying to say? Oh, once when I was uh, complaining to a property manager, his associate, right. about a needle on the front yard and the fact that I had kids running around, and she was there, sort of cleaning house. She was overseeing, I don't know exactly who was doing what, but I mean, like, piles of debris and garbage were coming out of the place. It was getting a clean up. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a needle on the front yard, and I was arguing, basically, with the property manager, his, his associate, to uh, pick up the needle. And she just refused and was screaming back at me, get off my property. So anyway, I had a, a camera and I'm pointing, I was sort of having fun making a video at the needle and then sort of upwards at her as she's saying, get off my property. And then down at the needle, it's like, pick up the needle. Like, what's your problem? Because she had been there for a while and it's a simple request, right? Mm -hmm. And then I hear this voice, oh, you should listen to the lady. <laughs> and, and I pan over with the camera at the feet and then up and there's, you know, Pervez towering above me because I'm down on the ground filming this oh up gosh. close to the needle yeah pretty funny so that was one time I mean that was a pretty brief conversation yeah. I'm just like yeah whatever pick up the fucking needle type thing and then yeah. I walked back you know three steps and I was off the property okay 
And so that's like a property, you said adjacent to you, that property? It's close. It's close. nearby. Yeah. Nearby? Okay. And so you have kids. Yeah. And yeah. you don't exactly want them to be out. No, they're running around playing tag and hide and seek and, All you the know. All things the kids are doing usually. Yeah. And they don't stop at some imaginary line in the grass or the lawn, you know, mm-hmm. on, on between properties. There's no fence. It's, okay. It's like just open. It's open. Between, yeah, open okay. space. Yard, 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 along the front. Right. Okay. And then, so are you in, you're Macaulay, right? That's right, Just yeah. across 111th, okay. And then were there any other, you said you've had a few interactions with Pervez. I, th- yeah. I think that there was the one time that he came up to you and he was telling you about all the great that he was doing. Yeah, he pulled over. I was working in my front yard and he uh, slowed down. He was driving his truck and uh, he rolled down the passenger window on my side and uh, says hey what's happening or something i don't know you know he engaged you know started a conversation and uh and it's a narrow little spot with vehicles parked on both sides of the road so it's basically one way traffic like one vehicle traffic and uh somebody wanted to get by so he pulled ahead pulled over and you know we spoke but he spoke about 90 percent, 95 percent of the time and i listened you know, for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, he mm-hmm. was talking to me with his window down. And I think he was idling the whole time. It was driving me fucking nuts. <laughs> and uh, like the his truck was in uh, park, but he's sitting in his driver's seat and I'm standing on the sidewalk. And he's talking to me saying, you know, he's been misrepresented and he's a swell guy. And he has tenants who he's given a break, you know, people who are just out of jail or something. And... Um, he approached me and he's he's like defending kind of his his uh reputation he's defending his reputation and uh he was just going on and on and uh, he buys turkeys for his tenants at christmas and stuff that's all fine you know that's good good for him but um he also mentioned something about his kids and money and they're taken care of and i'm like whatever like you're filthy rich i get that he said, you know, I've sold my properties or whatever. I'm no longer in the business. And not in those exact words, but that was what, what mm-hmm. he was conveying, that he wasn't uh, doing that, uh, being a, a property owner of n- like hundreds or 70, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100 properties any mm-hmm. longer. He, he has turned over a lot, you know, in the past. But anyway, he's, you know, saying he's taken care of and his kids are taken care of. They have nothing to worry about financially. I can't remember how the conversation veered to that, that mm-hmm. he was defending his well-to-do That's children's really future. Odd. Yeah, so he was going on about what a nice guy he is and how he's given back to the community. So, you know, I just don't buy it. When you've got a property that's bringing in huge revenue because it's got plenty of rooms with lots of tenants being overcharged market value absolutely and then it's being mismanaged so like if per se you got as he boasts that you've got a person just out of jail and hard to house individual they need a place uh uh, landlords ask for reference letters and stuff these people can't get them so they're limited in their options oftentimes so if indeed he's giving a person just out of jail Let's just imagine that person's in jail for dealing drugs or, or some criminal activity where there's restrictions. I don't know what it's called when you're released. Oh, the parole, with, the pre- parole Yeah, uh, you can't violate, you know, you can't 
associate perhaps with certain people. Mm-hmm. You can't own a gun or or carry a weapon or something. And you there's know, often like curfewing. Yeah, yeah. Too. So if he's housing one of these persons who's got issues and and knowing that everyone's got issues, I don't I don't have issues with people, with people having, having issues. issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if there's a, a person who's heavily medicated who goes through crazy ass mood swings. And then there's also a person who you suspect might be turning tricks or working the streets and using. So you've got like, you've got prostitution potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got drug use, rampant drug use, because you've got needles everywhere. You know what's happening. Mm-hmm. If you've got six rooms with house guests coming and going and there's needles there all the time. I mean, like, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. Any property manager who's responsible at all you could at least, you know, put up one of those yellow box things or whatever, you know, yeah. a collection thing on site. So a property like that is earning, generating a lot of money and it's totally mismanaged, right? Or yeah. not managed. They say there's a property manager or something, but the place going to shit with ongoing stuff, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be happening. A properly managed building, you know, has rules and they're enforced. Mm-hmm. And if you have to pay more, to somebody who's better able to do that in the sense, you know, like a, a real like security guard who's mm-hmm. trained in something at uh, convenience stores now and gas stations, mm-hmm. right? They've, yeah, got, they've like, got them everywhere. They've got them like patrolling the friggin' store to stop shoplifting, to make sure people aren't doing anything, you know, uh, bad, stealing things, whatever the case may be. And they up up it you know they up the level of monitoring things they don't just have one person behind the counter anymore in a store all alone at four in the morning when drunks come in and well crazy stuff happens so it's the same thing with these houses they're problem properties sorry no no that's okay um i think it's interesting because you know he'll he's charging 800 plus for a one room Oftentimes. And these and, are not people with money. These and, are people who are struggling. And again, for me, my understanding is I don't have documentation or, or any like paperwork or anything like that to suggest that's the present situation, the current mm-hmm. situation. But I know that was a previous situation and he's still involved and uh, engaged on a certain level with certain people who are part and parcel of these properties they're you know they're connected yeah absolutely these numbered companies are connected and it's interesting because he will definitely try to claim that he's not connected but then every time police show up he shows up like the the cra did the raid on the five businesses on 111th ave last week and he shows up even though he says he's not he doesn't own them anymore he's not connected but he showed up Mm -hmm. he went in Yeah. yeah yeah he was inside absolutely and it, you know, he can say that he's not connected, but a lot of these properties never were in his name. These properties were in number company names or his wife's name, or um, one of the one of our area people pulled a whole bunch of the uh, property titles, and they found names for people living in Vancouver. So, how those people came to own the houses, I don't know. But he lets he buys these houses. He does a really shoddy job at fixing them up. They start falling to ruin really fast. The people in them don't take care of them. The people in them are vulnerable and actually need proper care, not just a flop house with a bunch of people who are struggling. 
and he's taking advantage of these people and they become very unsafe. Um, I've gotten to know a few people who struggle with housing challenges in the area and some of my friends will they'll say things like oh you know who needs to be stopped is that that Carmen Pervez you know I thought I would be okay in one of his houses but he charged me you know $700 I wasn't even allowed to have a lock on my room and there's people fighting in the hallway somebody stole all my stuff these are not safe properties and we also know they're not safe because how many people get hurt on these properties like the body that was dug up from under the garage in a property that mm -hmm. he was connected to mm -hmm. or yeah. the young woman who was involved in the sex trade who got killed in one of his properties like it's just these are not safe he's not actually giving them a chance it's kind of like keeping them stuck in a in a cycle where they can't get out there's serious yeah issues for yeah. sure yeah yeah and so it just i find it really interesting that he still is able to navigate the legal system in such a manner that he is he still seems to come out with very well unscathed you know like he just has very few consequences yeah i'm not sure um a while back there was an arrest i believe mm -hmm. and he was in jail and held and i don't know somehow he was released that was however that works with bail or whatever yeah. it is and conditions of release so you know um i've seen him like i know he was in jail mm -hmm. uh, or remand remanded in custody remanded i don't know proper proper words and uh and then he's out again oh <laughs> oh jesus oh my god that guy was literally punching that woman. I wonder if that was that smart. Not turning. Am I holding that wrong? There we go. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fuck off. Stupid <laughs> phone. Anyway. Uh, so that's how. That was just the other day. That was... Uh, when was that? Thursday at 510. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, anyway. That's an, that's that's crazy. Yeah, so that's, Thursday. Today's Wednesday. So a yeah. week ago. Yeah, one and week And so ago. that happens where there's just people fist fights coming out of those properties. Yeah, yeah. Great. That's yeah. awesome. I would. Love and then that. the property manager escorted in one of these individuals. I don't. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm making an assumption there uh, as to being you know property manager, property owner, uh, whoever, somebody. Yeah. <sighs> Escorted the one who was running away there with the phone. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. So it's not just screaming and yelling. It's not just needles on the property. There's actual fights that you. That was last Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. I'm just trying to find. There was a post recently put up from someone in the neighborhood. Let's see who is had a problem property issue. Who put that up? Was that? Uh, da, 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 da. Rebecca maybe had it up. Oh, neat. Okay, here's this girl. <laughs> Not okay. girl, but this is the, the person who was fighting with the guy. <laughs> so something happened. She, it, oh, there she is. Shouting at him. 
And then she comes running along. And she's bucking it. Yeah, she really Right is. across the street, right? There is a busy street. That is a busy, busy street. Yeah, and people car... come speeding around that corner. Yeah. Oh, there's a car right there, right? You know, how close was that? I don't know. But, Whew. right? That's and then insane. And then she goes over. She slows down. And there, that's the chick running away. And there she is. Isn't that wild? That's insane. Ah. I shouldn't say chick like that. Edit that out. We're learning. We're learning. <laughs> That's the thing is it we're bothers learning. a certain friend of mine immensely. I'm not the biggest friend, fan of it either, but then yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, I can't seem to find it. Uh, so, okay. So there was a post essentially, a problem house that somebody li somebody's living by. And people are just funneling in and out and in and out all day long. Vehicles stopping. They're screaming. There was a woman yelling that she was somebody was trying to rape her. Uh -huh. And it's just, it's like it's constant and it's so disruptive. And it's interesting because the response that we often, sometimes even the police, so when I got broken into twice and one of the times the police were like, well, why do you even live here? Yeah, it's, well, what's that, victim blaming? Or yeah, it called? is. It's victim shaming. And the reality Same. is I wanted a nice old house. I got it. I wanted to have mature neighborhood. I got it. I didn't want to be too far from the river valley and I just this is just where I live this is my home now I don't have very many things happening anymore this is the one yes oh my gosh okay so what was her name Vera I think okay so this is what she's getting okay so she's oh. in Macaulay oh I know where this is okay so you can see there's someone passed out sleeping on the lawn and this is literally, okay, so this is from Yag Street News. Shared Facebook post from a friend, a neighbor. Today in the hood, we called 911 because one of the drug houses where fentanyl and heroin are sold, and I mean, we don't know that for sure, but it's, it's a good guess, had a girl run out of there scream about being violently raped. Her voice was completely filled with terror screaming, get him away from me, till finally a guy ran out of the house chased by some pimps. Some other guys then shut her up for the attention she was attracting as she sat in the alley sobbing. It hurts, it hurts, it hurts. I don't know what is the right thing to do. Who knows what's going to happen to her now? Standing by seems wrong, and so does getting involved. The police came by, then they left. They, they say they can't go into these drug houses because they don't have a warrant, which is fair. I mean, the police are bound by... But if there's a, a crime in progress that supersedes i believe so, a warrant but this is not right. i can see why they don't though because yeah. they get challenged a lot yeah. vehicles taxis and people on foot stream in and out of there 24 7. a great deal of them immediately immediately shoot up in the alley leaving needles behind so so it's just an assumption that they went in scored and came out and used yeah without i mean necessarily being in and and yeah and it's interesting because, yes, I do believe in safe injection sites, but they're not cleaning up Macaulay. That, that's not exactly what's happening with them. Yeah, but that's that's not referring to the An injection, injection site. site. That, not, that's a property. That's a problem property. That's that's <laughs> And that's the problem. Like People are like, it's not the injection sites per se that we are having issues with. Although We're they having, are having, there are issues from them. They distribute needles, which right. go out and... Nobody up. can argue with the fact that when a product is being used, there will be people who are going to benefit from providing that product. So there is a drug distribution system and network because the safe injection sites 
do not distribute drugs. It's no. all what people bring in. Mm -hmm. So if a person scores and goes three, four, five blocks to the safe injection site, or do they score and just go into the back alley and do it there? Yes. Oftentimes, they just score and go into the back alley. But not necessarily just as often, but oftentimes as well, um, they'll get more than what they need for just that immediate moment and, and save some and have uh, needles that they've got or acquired mm -hmm. uh, from. There are distribution points uh, with vans driving around yes. the neighborhood yeah. and uh, the actual bricks and mortar safe injection sites. So needles are common and drugs are concentrated. That's my problem, that it's a concentration of these things these uh, in one area these drug sources drug addicts drug providers uh, um, drug accommodators whether it's a landlord who provides space for things that he knows or should know a properly managed building they would know that drugs are being distributed from it or you know if it was done uh responsibly mm -hmm. and it's not right now it's irresponsible that's, yeah that's the problem it's not that yes everybody want we do like we in our, our community we do want to care about people who are struggling who have addictions we want to do the right thing but we but the needles and the disorder are just so much and that has not gone away that continues to be a problem because we have problem properties and i i also wonder how if it's just a lot easier to sell to vulnerable people but I, I don't know I haven't done that research myself but so this is sorry um, the post she talks about how the police said to her you know why do you live here and when she calls the city you should move that isn't really solving the problem no the problem I've, is still I've heard going of that. to be there yeah I've, I've heard those exact words and one of the meetings that I went to that I attended where we were talking to different representatives from the city, uh, one of them was a bylaw enforcement person who uh, we wrote down on like stickies, ideas. What could we do to improve the neighborhood? And, and somebody would write, you know, maybe facetiously, you know, bulldoze a problem property without saying how you arrive at a mm -hmm. legal, you know, a, a bulldozer going in and demolishing a building. Um, but other things were said that were written that uh, just meant there was more staffing, perhaps, of uh, police patrolling the neighborhood, which means increased budgets and costs, or, or other things where there's costs involved. And this person who works in my neighborhood says you know proclaims to the group kind of everyone has the floor at different times you know and uh, addresses the room and she said basically uh well where i live i don't know where that was saint albert or sherwood park maybe mm -hmm. you know somewhere far away or removed <laughs> lewis estates i don't know yeah but um not in macaulay right it's like Oh, well, if you had all these, could you imagine what the tax rates would be? Something to that uh, effect. But maybe an increase in tax is not the worst thing in the world. 
if it means that we have better safety. And I think the other problem is, is that we have a lot of, there's a court back, backlog in, in Edmonton as well. So a lot of the, the cases end up getting thrown out because there's just no time to hear them. So it's almost like this, this super underfunded system that is kind of feeding into itself. <clears throat> and, you know, I have a lot of respect for, you know, Mary in Macaulay, who's gotten together with friends to build all the duplexes. Not everybody has that access to capital, right? And at the same time, I love old houses. I don't want to see them all get lost. Mm-hmm. I would just prefer that the laws were such that you don't get to be a slumlord. You just don't. You don't get the opportunity to be a slumlord. And that's yeah, that's the thing. What's the criteria? How do you decide who is and who isn't? Right. Yeah. What are the expectations of managing a property and how should they be managed? And but things that that are upsetting for me in particular with certain problem property owners is that um, legitimate grievances and concerns they the city or the police or the courts will each have sort of a reason why they're limited and in, in how effective they can be so they'll say do this do this do this so you do all those things and you don't see any change it gets really frustrating like uh health boards visit a site and say um you know this is uninhabitable mm. and then two weeks later people are inhabiting it right <laughs> yes. so uh sheriffs are called and different things happen but for uh there has been some problem properties i've been very intimately involved with and and seen and been affected by where uh all these things happened and they say you know it's statistically driven and the more reports you get so people are saying you know here's a illegally occupied site there are people in this building that there's signs on it saying nobody be in there there's piles of like mountains of garbage yeah there's fire hazards or fires or ruins of fires uh, that just go on for months and months and if it's the same thing with like a security guard if you can't properly manage a building you get two property managers or something or you change all the locks and and do things differently you lock and key things in a certain way that it's it's controlled so that residents who are paying and responsible have access to certain spaces but it's not a free-for-all which unfortunately oftentimes it is it's just complete mayhem and a free-for-all so with those with those expectations of just spend the money uh 7-eleven pays for a security guard Mm -hmm. this is like we're just going back full circle whether it's uh it's it's you know there are certain problem properties that is just an ongoing thing and it should be a simple fix in many ways but then there's 101 different things happening different levels different groups zoning and bylaw and a bylaw officer saying well if you want all these things that's crazy your taxes would go up it doesn't bother me i don't live here i mean like must have been saint albert or something anyway (laughs) and that was an attitude just like when the police say to a person you know why did you buy a house here it's it's normal or live with it or accept it and be quiet yeah you know but there's three generations of people 
sometimes who live in this neighborhood. Sure, and sure. And their grandmothers did not experience that. No, it's and transitioned they, and yeah. evolved mm -hmm. and been allowed to happen that and encouraged is... to happen. And that's by city and provincial uh, different people, I think, allowing a concentration of resources and services beyond something acceptable. I th things need to be dispersed in a more homogenous way that that it's equal a little more uh it's i'm saying a total nimby thing i'm i call me nimby well but you're not saying you don't want any of it you're saying you want it to a fair share fairly. yeah yeah equitable you know, yeah. an equitable amount which and presently it's no no way yeah it's just super concentration and expectation of people all these vulnerable people <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're, okay, you're vulnerable, you don't have a vehicle, you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of access to to resources, you have to go where the services are. And then all the people who go where the services are. So that's one location. And then they can very easily fall. Well, when you say all the services, so that means you might go to an area where there's a free lunch, mm -hmm. where there's at night a free bed a, mm -hmm. a mat i mean like we're talking street level a, yep. a person so these are resources a free lunch a free a, a block away from a free needle and a supervised injection site mm -hmm. and two blocks away from a source where they can buy their drugs and a bank a couple of blocks away uh to to access cash from uh resources or money you know like mm -hmm. uh money that could buy food or these are these are such cliched things and I don't want to be pigeonholed for you know critiquing a lifestyle or something it's not a lifestyle it's it's a horrible situation that some of these people are in the homeless people they get a government check of some nature whether it's Aish or or um, something else yeah. where they've uh, and food vouchers so you know you can get everything within a few blocks and people uh, need transportation and bikes disappear off balconies and porches. Bikes are stolen and stripped down and, and reassembled. So you've got people riding these bikes everywhere. They're, uh, and, and they're being used to uh, like break into garages because it's not because uh, it's just it's unfortunate that there's a lot of B&E's and, and thefts and the other day, uh, while I was out front working, I heard a sound and I looked up and right in the street, right in front of my house, there was a bike on the on the street and a person standing beside a door of a car. The door was open. The bike was on the ground. I looked up and the person's at the door holding like a, a woman's purse, a wallet type thing. And this, you know, I don't know what time it was, two in the afternoon or something. It was in the middle of the day. And... Uh, I'm like, whoa, wait a sec, something's not right here. And I ran from where I was uh, to where this parked car was. And uh, the person had a friend who was also on a bike. And, and by the time I got to the person with with this wallet, um, they didn't have time to like flee. They, I was there, I was on top of them. And his friend took off. And uh i i grabbed the wallet as soon as i got there and there was like a driver's license i don't know if this person had had opened it or if it fell out or whatever but there was kind of like the wallet 
with the driver's license kind of with it on the outside. I grabbed both of those. And this guy, I didn't, I didn't know how to react. I didn't know what to do. It's like, holy shit. Okay, I got the wallet. That's, that's really all I'm concerned with right at this moment. And, uh, you know, grabbing the person. I had him in my hands, right? I could have detained him. And I'm just thinking to myself, do I need that? I've had issues and problems previously with uh, people seeking out vengeance, you know, in, right. in one way or another. And uh, if you're in an altercation in your front yard, I'm not getting up and moving. They're on a bike. I don't know where the hell they're from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. They know where I'm from. Yeah, they sure do. <laughs> they just so, saw. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that happened just a couple days ago. And this is like, there's been numerous things happening just in the last week. So when you said earlier, like every three or four days, I could easily say in the last month or two or three, yeah, it has been every three or four days, something yeah. crazy like that, you know, just going into a door. They drive by, they see the little button is up. They know the door's unlocked. They're on a bike. They see a wallet. The guy just, you know, dropped his bike, stepped off his bike, opened the door, reached in. And I was there. And, you know, drives away, calls me a faggot. Hey, fuck you, faggot, drives off. Oh, That's like, okay. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I wanted to break his nose. I wanted to just demolish him. And he drives away, hey, faggot, fuck you, type thing. It's like, whatever. You know, like. <laughs> You're not the one stealing. Like. I, I felt bad. I felt bad on so many different levels. So anyway, I went to the house who's the driver of the car was in that house and and i'm like here is this yours yeah yeah that's mine like what's going on type thing and i'm uh this just happened and i describe you know what just happened and then the, she was grateful to get her uh like wallet thing back and her driver's license i don't know i didn't look through it i don't know what all uh was Might in there but credit that. cards whatever you know it it's a real hassle uh putting a hold on cards and getting replacement cards id mm -hmm. social insurance card whatever you carry in a wallet whatever it might be money who knows so anyway it's like i felt good that i was able to grab like literally the person red-handed you know holding this wallet and and they didn't put up a struggle thank god you know they weren't some maniac of pulling out a gun and shooting me for this wallet you know yeah they just sort of handed it over and i figured well kind of respecting that that they they didn't maybe it was just they realized i was there and they couldn't get away but maybe. there wasn't a there wasn't a struggle a fight or whatever they just handed it over you know and okay. gave a snide remark pedaling off right yeah so that's interesting so that happened yesterday that was or a, a few days couple ago? three days ago yeah and then yeah, yeah. this morning there was the screaming fight there was screaming this morning and then uh, last thursday was there was that, that other thing the, the, like it's a woman and man fighting and that's interesting and in that they had kind of come out of that one house. It's... Yeah. It's not yeah. that... Like, the thing that's interesting, though, like, if you look at the crime mapping for the city, there are other communities that also, like, have lots of dots all over them for crime. Like, I compared yeah. us to Summerside and we had about the same. But the difference there is it's kind of hidden. You don't see it there. When people steal from people's garages in Summerside, well, they come up with a van because they stole somebody's 
uh, clicker. And so yeah, it yeah, they drive around and just yeah, check uh, exactly. garage doors. Yeah. And then they break into the house and they take things and whatever. You just don't see it there. Whereas here, it's out in front. It's in the open. You see it. My friend uh, just lived on 120th Ave, just right north of the community center and everything where uh, Kaleido happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, had a locked garage. The garage, locked garage, was accessed. Probably, you know, same idea yeah. with the remote thing. And uh, a locked bike was taken from a oh, locked garage. garage. Or, you know, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's, it's, it's the little dots things. It is concentrated. It's not right. You know, it's not right. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, comparatively to a big community like Summerside, we have the same amount However, what we have here is a lot more of disorder in the open. And if you live next to a problem property, you just, you're on edge all the time. It's just the reality of being next to a problem property when you're hearing the fighting and the screaming and people will threaten you. They will look at you in threatening ways. Things will start going missing from your property. That becomes frustrating. And so it's not, that isn't quite so common in other neighborhoods that's more mm -hmm. common here mm -hmm. and it's interesting because i really love this community i focus on what's positive but i do know these problem properties exist and i remember when i was on the albert ave community league how difficult it was trying to deal with these problem pro problem properties you know even the sustainable de uh, development and appeal board would give properties that we knew were owned by associates of Pervez they would give them permits to change places into rooming houses or mm -hmm. split mm -hmm. suites. Mm -hmm. And it was so frustrating because people from the community would go to the, the sustainable development develop yeah. sustainable development appeal board and say, Hey, we know and you know, here's the evidence that they are connected yeah. to crime. And they'd say, Well, we can't really say anything about that. Here's your permit. That was really frustrating that... that and that, I, I totally agree. So when some city representative says, you know, we don't have tools in our toolbox, that's a tool mm -hmm. in the toolbox that could be used. And somebody in a decision-making, you know, a power... Yeah. Ha is making a bad decision in my opinion and it sounds like in your opinion yeah. they're, they're making really bad decisions as to how to prevent problems from arising and how to reduce problems yeah so like like why are people getting permits to split up a house into suites when they have other properties that have been shut down or have um, health code violations and and consistently like mm -hmm. not if it's oh mm -hmm. just one property we mm -hmm. kind of screwed up on that one we let people ruin it we should have been done a better job but it's like this is consistent across the board sure if there's yeah. all of these complaints and all of these problems why are we allowing the permit mm -hmm. and I get that maybe they want to have clear lines between I won't keep you too much longer <laughs> <laughs> clear lines between the sustainable development side and the police service and the health code and um, building codes. I get that. However, that might be, like you said, the tool we can use to prevent them from having these problems. 
how many of these derelict properties then catch fire, right. then cost the city hundreds of thousands of dollars to deal with. Yeah. One of the apartment complexes that Prevez owned, or at least was associated with, um, over in the Strathern area, it caught fire, multiple suites, burned down, turned to total rubble. You've got multiple fire trucks there. You've got ambulances, police, etc. That's a huge waste of our resources. So if we can use, I, I don't know, this is just very idealistic of me, but if we can use those permits to prevent them from creating more of those situations, why aren't we? And maybe that's, I, I don't know enough as to why those groups are very closed, you know, like there's clear lines, probably for legal reasons, but it feels like that could be another tool that we use. Yeah, it could, I, yeah, there's tools that are available that are not being used. So it's interesting now what happened last week, was time flies, or yeah. was it two weeks ago now? Last week uh, on 111th there on Norwood, mm -hmm. um, the CRA were there, right? Yeah. Canada Revenue. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not the only person who's thought this. I've heard people say this, you know, like that's how they got Al Capone, tax evasion, right? Mm -hmm. People knew he was doing certain things. Uh, prosecutors and police and different agencies and groups tried to get him for different things, murder and rum running, right? Cr criminal activity, profits of crime, whatever, drugs, alcohol, prostitution gambling, all sorts of things that were the vices that were either heavily taxed in some areas and, and just barely legal or heavily controlled. Gambling and casinos are illegal in a lot of places. And then other places, that's their, like Vegas, the reason they exist. But, <laughs> but like, oh, where was I going with that? Anyway, the, uh, Oh yeah, Al Capone. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, like the CRA, the tax man, that's where I was going with that. Mm -hmm. So that's another tool, right? Mm -hmm. And if, if a person's saying, oh, I have no money, but I'm driving around in all these cars and my, my children, I wish I had a, you know, videotaped or recorded our conversation because it was so odd. It was like a 20 minute conversation with me and him, uh, Carmen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the way he was saying, you know, how his children were going to be taken care of financially well off. Good. I'm happy for him. But if, you know, I, if I had money like that and assets like that and bank accounts like that, without a way of showing income, right? How do mm -hmm. you do that? I don't know. You know, I don't have money like that. <laughs> you, you know, I'm in overdraft right now, yeah, right? And yeah. tomorrow's the start of the month. Yeah. You know, I've got a lot of bills to pay right quick and I'm just scraping by. So, you know, maybe that's another thing that can happen, but it still doesn't, a person in jail um, can still kind of run a thing. Yeah, they can. They can operate uh, an enterprise or... I'm not suggesting it's any anybody specifically doing anything like that now, but it happens all the time, you know, it's... Yeah, this is a really complex thing. The, the problem properties, especially problem properties plus, plus Pervez, but as a community, there and there have been some people who've been working so incredibly hard to fight Pervez 
associates, Pervez and his associates, and any property that's connected to him. And they've had really terrible experiences, and I really, really feel for them. And I can see why those people fight really hard against the city removing the moratorium on, on the um, yeah, non-market per- housing. Personally, I was upset that that happened. Mm-hmm. And I commented directly to the Macaulay Community League president, Greg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he said, oh, housing. Or, he had some terrible response, in my opinion, uh, saying that housing is a universal right or something to that effect. And it's like, you know what the United Nations might say, you know, it's a universal right, have housing or whatever. But the city has a responsibility for, you know, federally, I think it's peace, order and good government, something Mm -hmm. like that. You know, the federal sort of rules to live by that's, you know, in the Constitution, that, that that's what we're looking for in, you know, when in the origins of the country, peace, order and good government and kind of like the, the different provinces and, and cities should follow that kind of rule and they're not there's they're not yeah no agreed and it's not that people we don't want people to have affordable housing we just know that non-market housing in our area has not been managed properly yeah and it leads to disorder so it's yeah, not that so, we don't want non-market yeah. housing we just don't want it to just get not we just don't want tons more and when uh McKean, I believe McKean, uh, was quoted as saying um, he voted he voted in favor of like uh, removing the moratorium oh, or okay. you know changing. I believe uh, that's the way he voted, and uh, in the same interview he was saying like there's uh, levels that the city hopes to achieve of distribution a eight percent springs to mind i don't don't know what eight percent was seven percent something something um more you know elsewhere great you know you've got a goal you you've set a metric but it's not going to be achieved in my opinion there's no longer of something prohibiting more shit coming here Mm -hmm. it's admirable that the city has these expectations of doing these noble things of low market, non-market, all these different alternative houses. By by that I mean not a traditional, you know, like a couple perhaps or an individual owning a house and residing in it. Mm-hmm. A small family, a big family, uh, a person, a couple owning a house and living in it in that traditional sense as opposed to whatever else it might be rooming houses drug recovering addicts uh rooming houses um kid youth things church run things Mm -hmm. by the mustard seed there's all sorts of stuff happening and and in our community in general within blocks in any direction there's these agencies and services and it's bullshit that the moratorium in my opinion, was removed that it's it's somehow preventing accommodation for people. It's it's wrong. The I don't, I was pretty upset with the community league for even going there to to suge- personally the Macaulay community league. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it went in other leagues so so far as presentations to the city. You know, 
giving a, a written thing saying our, our league supports this or doesn't support this or how they feel towards something. As a community league representative, this is what we collectively believe, you know, at promoting that to the city. Anyway, I think the Macaulay League bailed and, and screwed up big time there. Um, and uh, yeah, the city, there's all sorts of things that have happened that could happen to, to help maybe uh, take care of one or two people. But it's, it's, it's a problem that, you know, maybe that vacuum nature abhors a vacuum. So if uh, somebody is shut down, somebody else might just step in and see an opportunity. Yeah, right? we don't, that could happen. Like it could happen. Absolutely. So I, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, I hope that justice sort of happens. Totally, not sort of. Yeah. I, I totally hope justice happens. You know, there's people I know individually, personally, who have uh, resided in some of these problem properties. I've had numerous people move through my house directly from one property into my house. Mm -hmm. So, like, they were my roommate. They lived with me for a period of time. And uh, they talked about what it was like there. I've, I've helped... Uh, assist, I've assisted people who have transitioned out of that house, moved out, been forced out, uh, evicted, whatever the case may be. Yeah. There was one lady uh, who was discussed in this, uh, the CBC podcast where uh, her sister was uh, interviewed a bit. Oh, yeah. And um, sh uh, the city shut down that property. There were health code violations, so the occupants were uh, evicted mm -hmm. and she put all her stuff in some boxes and I took her, I took her personal belongings and she was couch surfing for a period of time but uh, like there was money owed to her that she had a hard time collecting getting back you know like it wasn't her fault or problem that this, this residence yeah. was shut down and the landlord can't just keep her money you know she was kicked out so um, Anyway, uh, I got to know her and, uh, you know, some hard luck stories and some shitty stuff's happened that have, I've, I'm not sort of speaking as kind of a, a an observer from the 14th floor of a, an apartment building, mm -hmm. kind of like watching this unfold down below. It's in, it's surrounding me. It's in my house. It's, you know, yeah, in my air, the sounds. Like it's constant. <laughs> you know, it's there. Yeah, it's constant. The disturbances are constant. The, the disturbances, the physical things, the the sounds, the needles, the fights, the police, the yeah. ambulances, the fire trucks. Right, and you've even had things stolen from your property too. Right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Bikes and different different things. Axe wielding lunatics trying to cut locks and. Oh boy. Crackheads, I don't know, crack, crystal meth, whatever it was, trying to lift a rickshaw over a fence, you know, like this woman, this, yeah, yeah, not Jesus. good. Jesus. Yeah, so these things do exist, and the city really has not been. Hasn't addressed it adequately, yeah. and there are things that could be done that they're, they're not doing. So anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping the CRA something happens with that. Yeah, I think they I think that they have a really long hand, and 
I think they may just be able to uh, put an end to those particular problem properties. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and stop it now.